in business, relationships matter. We all know this, right? If you want to get a job, who you know matters. You want to build a partnership, who you know matters. But if this is the case, why is there no great software to manage this whole process? Well, there is as of now. It's called PrimeFlow. PrimeFlow helps you build a relationship-driven business and even allows you to build a whole agency around your network. With PrimeFlow, you're able to connect multiple parties like clients and partners. You're able to organize high-quality prospects at scale who could potentially be business partners in the future and once people do business with each other that you've connected you can then get your fee through PrimeFlow. in a world dominated by excel and old crms products like PrimeFlow are a godsend so thank you so much PrimeFlow, for sponsoring this episode of forward thinking founders if you want to build a relationship driven business and build an agency around your network you need PrimeFlow. go to primeflow.com or just email me matt at mattsherman.com or dm me on twitter if you want to skip the wait list and get access immediately that's primeflow.com or email me at matt at mattsherman.com or dm me on twitter primeflow.com build a relationship driven business All right, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Ashni Shah, who's the founder of Taonga. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. It's uh, it's honestly going pretty great. I've had an amazing couple of days at the beach and uh, trying to get back into the swing of working on my uh, startup. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I feel like... I would have a challenge with that if I was just at the beach and now I have to like do work that, you know, but you know, to each their own, I feel, I hope the beach was super, super fun. But today we're yes. talking about your company. Um, for people that haven't heard of it or don't know what you're working on, can you kind of share what Taonga is and what it does? Yeah. So uh, Taonga is an app uh, that allows you to securely store and share your personal documents like your passport. So think of it almost as um, the wonderful birth child of, uh, Dropbox meets one password where you have all of your really vital information like your password number and expiry date extracted into a really easy to access format. Um, but it's also super, super secure uh, with the intention of having it end to end and just uh, with privacy by sign. So can you kind of walk me through, let's say I, I was to use this, what's the user experience of it? Meaning like, is it like a, an app, Google extension? Is it, uh, you know, um, a web app and then you know kind of walk me through if I was to use this um, what my experience would be like and how I would how I would kind of get get onto it yeah uh, so it's currently an app um, and the reason for that is it's easier to control encryption related or like security things um, on a phone or a device uh, but I would eventually like to convert it into a website because I know desktop is easy for certain people 
Um, and so the entire experience right now is you can download the app and um, within three clicks, you could pretty much uh, hit a button to uh, start uploading a document. You capture a photo of your ID, your passport, um, or even other documents like tax documents um, or wills. Some people have talked about that as well. And um, once you have the photo, you can, uh, for now, manually input in some of that information. However, I am working on automating that. So it'll automatically extract it out for you. And, um, and then you hit the save button. Once you hit save, uh, the app actually encrypts all of the information with a key that's local to your phone. So I have no access to your key. And um, I also have no ability to actually read your information. And it's stored on our server, so you've always got access to it in the future. And um, that's how you add a document when it comes to actually needing to access that document or how you'd use it in a you know, real world scenario, real world example. Um, think of it as, um, as accessible as a Dropbox where you could pretty much open up your app, uh, find the document that you want. Let's say it's your passport uh, because you're planning a trip with some friends and one of your friends needs a copy of it to make some reservations for you. You can tap on the document and either copy over the details you need, like the passport number, or you could actually hit a share button and that share button will allow you to send it, send a secure link to your friend that has um, a self expiration timer in it so that they can really only access it for the hour or the day that you, set, uh, that you make it available. I'd love to hear, um, I mean, it's a very, it's very interesting, obviously extremely useful. I would love to hear the origin story for this. Why did you decide to get started on this and kind of when did you get started? Yeah, um, so I kind of came up with the idea of actually working on this in January while I was in the middle of moving from one city to another. And I didn't actually start working on it until I would say about June-ish this year in the midst of uh, COVID and moving around and trying to figure out, you know, what's happening. Um, and where the idea originated from is um, I've actually lived and worked in six cities across four countries over the last five years. And um, it's been fun, but it's also really hard to create, to keep, keep track of all of my documents or addresses or, you know, like I lived in the States for a bit. And so I've got a credit card or a debit card that keeps getting sent to an address there, no matter how many times I've asked Bank of America to change that. And um, it also means I'm away from my family. And so trying to you know, manage any documents for them or send anything if we're applying for visas or going on holidays like that, it becomes really tricky as well. And so about six years ago, I created an ad hoc tool using a Google spreadsheet where all of the information is extracted in that spreadsheet. And we've got links to actual photos stored in a Google Drive as our sort of personal document management system. And it made it really easy and accessible for my entire family um, and myself so that no matter where we are in the world, we've got access to these and we can share them around with each other if we need to. Uh, I started talking about this with some of my friends who were running into the same kind of issues and they love the structure that I used, but they kind of were hesitant about setting it up because of the thing that, you know, was also frustrated me around having to manually input or track all of that information because it is a little bit of a time sink. You know, one wants to really spend, you know, three hours or four hours going and doing this. And so that's kind of where the idea of this app came from, where from a, from a technical perspective, you know, can't I just take a photo of my ID and all that information gets extracted and it's just saved and safe and secure and I'm good to go. And 
kind of if you were to kind of look at your average day as you're building this mm-hmm. out, um, I, I'm interested to know what what do you spend your time on during the day? Like, how much is split between product development, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting the word out, potentially fundraising? Um, what, what's your life look like a day in the life when you're not when you're not on a vacation at the beach, which I'm very very jealous of? Um, what, what are you working <laughs> on um, uh, on a day to day basis? Yeah. Um, so I'm currently a solo founder and I'm also the only person on my team, which means I'm stretched really thin and I'm actually in the process of hiring right now to try and get an additional developer and someone with security experience as well. Um, so I'd say the average sort of day right now is a combination of, um, user interviews just so I can make sure either the folks who are testing it, uh, can give me feedback so I can, you know, make the app better. Um, or I can start talking to other customers for some of the potential future use cases I want to develop this into. Um, and then I will also spend a fair amount of time um, actually doing development. I'm a software engineer by uh, nature. That's what my previous experience has been. And so I'm coding up the app, um, trying to do some designs. Uh, I've been really fortunate to have a couple of friends chip in and help make the designs of my app a lot better than what I originally had. Um, so at least I haven't had to spend too much time in that area yet. And um, I'd say the rest of it is actually just working on um, pretty much just a combination of research where I'm trying to find out you know, whether it's an encryption thing that I want to understand more about or it's um, trying to understand uh, competitors, like potential competitors um, and how their apps work and how that app might potentially turn into something that um, is more similar to my app, making them you know, more dangerous in the future, for example. Um, that's probably where I spend uh, some, some part of my time. Uh, I will definitely say that the majority of it is encoding, which is why I'm hoping to hire a couple of developers, and then that'll free me up to do some of the other things. I haven't started advertising the app too much yet. I've been in some, some sort of stealth mode, but that's changing in the next week or two. As you look to bring on team members, you know developers um, specifically. How, how do you how do you how do you think about this? Like like obviously something that I've had a pretty deep appreciation for is obviously the, the team that you build is the company that you build clearly. So mm-hmm. as you think about hiring these people, like w- you know where do you where are you finding them? What do you look for in them? How do you know when someone's a good fit? Can you kind of walk me through a little bit of how you're thinking about expanding the team and kind of uh, scaling yourself? Yeah, that's actually a question or a conversation I've been having a lot in the last two weeks. Um, I think for me, I've had the saying for a couple of weeks now of, I want to build a better company than the ones I've worked at in the past. Um, not saying that I've had you know terrible work experiences. It's just there are certain things that you can do to make a company environment significantly better. Uh, And for me, that really means focusing on things like inclusion and diversity, as I am a woman of color in the tech industry. Um, But it also means creating an environment uh, that fosters mentorship, fosters sharing, fosters learning. And so those are some of the qualities that I think are really important as I do start hiring and growing the initial set of um, like my founding team, because I want I want that team or the behaviors of those team members to percolate to the next set of hires that we have. And so I haven't um, 
I, well, not I haven't. I, um, um, I've been doing interviews at some of the previous companies I've worked at and there are certain parts of their models that I liked. Uh, so for example, I used to work at Square and Square has a really great um, pair programming style interview process for engineers where you don't just give your engineer a question, but you work on the problem with them. Obviously, it's a little biased because you make your question and so you know the answer. Uh, but that's a good way to know or understand how you work with the other person, which you don't always get from, you know, the general sort of, hey, here's a problem, solve it. Uh, so that's, that's some of the stuff that I'm trying to employ. Uh, and I think the other part for me is there's some really specific goals I want to achieve with Tanga by focusing on privacy, focusing on um, making sure we're building a, an app that's right for the customer and doing right by the customer um, where it's, you know, I, I don't mind taking a couple of extra months as long as we're building that part out better uh, rather than just doing like the quick money or cash grab and saying, hey, we're going to build out these two features, which are a little questionable and um, the security is potentially a little questionable, but at least we'll get, you know, extra like X amount of funding for it. Um, and so those are some of the additional values that I look at or, and that I'm going to try and uh, dig as I start interviewing some early, uh, early team members. I appreciate you sharing that. It's honestly a great insight into anyone listening that's, that's in, in your same boat or a couple steps behind you. Um, so as you, you, I know you mentioned that this is somewhat in stealth mode, starting to not be in stealth mode, but have mm -hmm. you given much thought into kind of similar to um, what you were just mentioning. When you think about what to build, um, obviously you have a lot of stakeholders, um, you know, here there's you and your team, there's customers, uh, advisors, investors. But in, in my view, I think like the, the most important stakeholders are the customers, right? The people that you're mm -hmm. building for. Have you, do you have a thesis from your previous experience um, or just what you're doing now on how to balance your vision, your product, you know, direction, and um, meeting that in the middle with where the market's at and like, you know, listening to feedback, building out what your customers want. Do, uh, are, are you currently needing to deal with this of finding the balance there? And if not, how do you kind of think about um, dealing with this when you get all your customers saying, oh, build this, build this, build this, when you actually just want to build what you want to build? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really great question. And um, there, there are so many different ways that you could approach an answer like that. Um, before I started actually coding anything, I spent a fair amount of time uh, doing a lot of user interviews. And for anyone interested, I really recommend reading Rob Fitzpatrick's book called The Mom Test, if you ever want to learn how to do good user interviews, uh, where the general idea is don't ask people about your product, instead ask them about their problems. And the reason that I mentioned that is because through these user interviews, I tried to identify common problems that people were facing to identify, okay, Everyone has a different set of problems. Everyone has, you know, a hundred different use cases, but these are the common trends amongst them. And these are the common things that I'm finding where if I can build this feature, it's going to really help address that common problem. And so that's how I sort of, that's how I came across the first set of features I wanted to build. Uh, now what I'm in the process of doing is that really, really scary balancing game of, do I keep pushing forward with what my vision is or do I, listen to what my users are saying. And um, one, of, one of the things that I love about Tonga is there are so many different directions I can take it into, both as an individual consumer app or even in the future as, a, uh, as an app with a B2B focus as well. And 
one of the things that I'm trying to do is really see what direction um, my app takes based on its user base. For example, I could see this being really big in the travel space. For obvious reasons, travel is not a great you know, industry to break into right now. Um, but I could also see this being a really useful app in the um, uh, when you have to share documents with like accountants, lawyers, um, realtors, uh, for example, where you need to, you know, whether it's like tax documents or proof of where you've previously stayed. And so what I'm hoping to do is listen to the initial set of like 20 to 50 users that I get. Uh, well, I'm at about, <laughs> I'm in that range already, um, but listening to some of the early power users of this and see what direction they're leaning towards and start building additional features to make the app even better for them. But always keeping in mind that I want to generalize it. So, you know, maybe make it really great for people who are applying for mortgages or moving into, you know, the real estate space in general. Um, but still trying to find a way to make sure that that feature that I built out works in other cases. So uh, I think a really easy example that I could share is a, a really helpful feature in the travel industry is having a reminder that your passport's expiring in six months. But that same feature could work on any document with an expiry date. And so that's what I've currently built in. Got it. You, how did you, how did you learn your product sense? Like you, you sound like you're not someone that's like, oh, like going to build this because it sounds cool. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, just see what happens. I um, mean, you, you sound like pretty in, intentional. Um, and like, I don't know, I guess the word is like opinionated in a good way, right? Like you need, you, you, you need <laughs> that. Um, how has some of your experience that you've had, um, before this role kind of helped, helped you prepare to build this company and get it off the ground? Um, or I guess like not even necessarily roles, but just like what prepped you in order to, to put yourself yeah. in the best position to work on what you're working on now? So thank you for that compliment. I really appreciate that. Um, I would say I've, what, one of the qualities that I've tried to really develop in my previous roles has been to think about things um, from the customer's perspective. Uh, so, you know, I, cool, we want to build an app. Um, not even think about Tong app. Like think, think about like maybe Airbnb as an example, because that's a global app that hopefully everybody knows. Um, the base features of Airbnb is you want to list, uh, you want to list houses, you want to let people search houses and okay, that's great. But when I think about it from a customer perspective, I think about what are the different filters that I want to be able to apply things like, uh, parking spaces, um, or the ability to have no smoking as an option in there. And, um, you know, maybe I want this to be really close to a body of water so I can be at the beach all day. Or maybe I want this to be on top of a cliff so I can go hiking and things like that. And I like to bring that sort of mindset into whatever it is that I'm building. I can't design for, uh, to save my life, but I can um, understand, okay, if a customer clicks on X or Y, they will, um, they will expect certain things to happen at that moment or at that time. Uh, and I think some of those skills have really grown through my experiences at Square, where um, I worked on a consumer-facing app, and you, you, know, you really have to try and think about, you have so little space on a mobile phone to show a customer information, and you can't really put a thousand tooltips on top of it either, otherwise they'll frustrate a customer, so being very intentional about it. 
Um, and I think the other thing that's really helped is on top of my day job as a software engineer uh, for the last few years, I've also been running a nonprofit called Elixir Labs, where we partner with other nonprofits around the world and we build technical solutions for them. And so that's really forced me to think about how to build products for individuals um, or for companies where we don't necessarily get to interact with the end user. Um, and in a lot of cases, uh, like one of the products I'm thinking of right now, the end users are actually groups of women in rural parts of Kenya where they don't actually have access to smartphones or internet activity. And so how, do we, how are we able to build technology or tools that's going to help them? And uh, I think that it, it's a combination of all those things that has made me a lot more opinionated uh, in a good way, I hope, <laughs> when it comes to building my own products. And then obviously you want to take that, those skill sets and go ahead and build, you know, a big company that, that a lot of people mm -hmm. use, um, or a big, pro like a company that has a product that a lot of people use. Um, how do you, how do you think about the future um, with this, you know, in like five, 10 years from now, what will you have wanted to build? Um, or I guess in other words, a more simple version of the question is what is your vision for Tonga and um, what direction are you rowing in? Yeah. Um, so without spilling too many secrets, um, <laughs> I think the vision for Tonga is it just becomes a really, it, it's similar to a toothbrush in that everybody has an ID. Everybody wants to protect their digital identity, especially because in light of COVID, everything has moved online. And I would really love to see Tonga as a tool where you can not only store and stick, securely store and share your personal documents, but you can manage who has access to it and revoke access whenever you need to. Um, in light of all of you know, the fintech apps, for example, who constantly request your information, whether it's for ID verification or, um, or other features, um, or if you're applying for uh, visas, visas are interesting because they're with governments and we trust governments. Um, but there's, there's a lot of companies that are asking for more and more information. And because of how often we're being asked for that information, we're just giving it up really freely without really thinking of the consequences. Um, and we're using tools like WhatsApp and email to send this information. So I would really love to see Tanga as a tool or an option where you don't actually just have to send it with no control over who has access to it in the future, if they have access to it forever. Um, or if it could get intercepted along the route. Um, and ideally, Tonga is just a, a much safer way for everyone to, to send their apps. I realize that's a little bit of a vague, like, ooh, I want everyone to use this. Um, but yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, that's uh, you know, there's plenty of products that pretty, pretty much everyone does use it. So, I mean, like, vis visions are visions for a reason. You know, they're North, yeah. North Star direction that you're going in. And, but in order to get there, like you'll need some help, right? Like you'll, you'll mm -hmm. maybe need investors, customers, employees. And luckily all of this sort is listening to the, to this podcast right now. So for my second and last question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you, uh, are you looking for team members? Are you, are you looking for investors, partnerships, anything like that? How can the community assist? Yeah. Um, well, to this absolutely wonderful community, um, I'd love if you could uh, sign up for the beta. We're currently in beta. Um, share feedback with me, share the app with other friends. And then if you are um, you know, an investor or you are 
a business that's interested in managing your document share processes a little better, I would definitely love introductions as um, that's definitely one of the next steps that I would like to start building into as well. And then um, for, the, for the last question, if someone wants to get in touch, find you on the interwebs, how can someone learn more about this? Do you have a uh, URL? Do you have social media? Do you have an email? And how can someone kind of learn more? Yeah, so uh, the website for Taonga is taongaapp.com. Um, Matt, are you able to share a link with the description or I can just spell it out too? Yeah, I'll, yep, I'll, I will share it, the link in the description. Awesome, thank you. Um, and if you want to get in touch with Tonga's social media accounts um, or share it because sharing is great, um, it's Tonga app on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the moment. Um, and then if you'd like to get in touch with me personally or find out more about me or any of the other stuff I work on, uh, you can go to ashni.me. So that's double A-S-H-N-I.me. Um, and my social media handles is Ashni S. Shaw. Um, so yeah, I'm always happy to chat with folks, whether it's about um, living and growing up, working in Kenya or in Canada, which is sort of, I split my time between the two countries, um, or about the tech industry, about building a better world or a better tomorrow, which is one of my other goals. Uh, definitely reach out. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Matt. And to everyone else who listened and stayed till the end, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising raising the early days how they got their customers we do these every single week with another you know really great founder that has been on the podcast additionally um, we have our pitch battles right so if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCS and talk one-on-one -on -one with venture capitalists this is where to do it these are monthly pitch battles so if you don't get in the first time try again right the goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs. Two, raise capital. Three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way, the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.